Welcome back to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Grace Stiles, and I'm the marketing manager here at Team Builder. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mary-Kate Fight, who is currently the assistant professor of strength and conditioning at Springfield College. We got to discuss tips and advice for running a successful internship program. So if that's something that you're looking to do, definitely tune in. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Today, we are with MK Fight, who currently works for Springfield College. So why don't you go ahead and start by just introducing yourself, sharing about your current role and just other positions that you've held. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Mary-Kate Fight. I go by MK in the field of strength and conditioning. Um, I, I always say I'm the luckiest person in strength and conditioning. I started coaching at a very young age. Um, I was a really good soccer player at the age of like 9, 10, 11, uh, mostly because I was five feet tall. And uh, then I stopped growing. So when I was about 13, the head of my soccer program said, you need to start doing something else in order to keep your edge. Um, so I started training for Mike under Mike Boyle at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning. Um, and again, most people, when I, I talk to people in the field, like, how'd you get started? They talk about, you know, getting uh, Muscle and Fitness magazine and going to Gold's Gym and working out themselves. I didn't have that. Uh, I think Mike was a head strength coach for the Boston Bruins at the time, um, and that he is who trained me. So I kind of walked into a really great situation. Um, by the time I was the age is debatable. Um, I know it was pre-licensed, but we're going to go with 15. By the time I was 15, uh, Mike had hired me on staff. So I would, my mom would drop me off in the morning and he would be finishing with the Bruins and I would stretch them out while he moved on to another group. And I ended my day warming up the Harvard football team. Um, so I literally got thrown into the field and I worked there at MBSC every summer until, uh, my second year of grad school. So I was coaching at a pretty high level pretty early. Um, yeah, which is really lucky. Um, so I grew up coaching. Um, I went and played soccer at Holy Cross. So under the strength coach, there was coach Jeff Oliver, who's amazing. Um, did an internship there. I was a bio major, spent a lot more time in the weight room than the library, um, and knew I wanted to be a strength coach. So the best way to do that was to go to Springfield College, get my graduate degree. Um, I was a GA strength coach there working with two men's volleyball, men's soccer, women's basketball, women's lacrosse, softball. Um, at one time, I was in charge of football. So I got to work with a lot of different teams as a GA at Springfield College. Um, left there a semester early, took a job at the University of Iowa, went to the University of Louisville. Um, and then after Louisville, I switched over to the private sector. Um, my husband and I partnered up with Coach Bobby Smith and opened up Reach Your Potential Training. We were there about six years, and I, I felt like it was time for me to make a move. Uh, ended up coming back to Springfield College to get my PhD. Um, my husband did that as well. His was in sports psych. Mine was in teaching administration. And relevant to today's topic, uh, my dissertation was in internship education. Um <laughs> Did my PhD there, got hired on as a faculty member. So I guess that's my long story of how I got to where I am. So right now, uh, I guess my title is I'm an assistant professor of strength and conditioning at Springfield College, and I primarily teach our graduate students. Um, but part of my job is also being the associate director of strength and conditioning. So overseeing our weight room um, that is primarily GA run, uh, the head strength and conditioning coach, Dr. Brian Thompson takes two to three teams. And then after that, we usually have about six GAs who are the head strength coaches for the other teams. 
Wow. So yeah, you've definitely had quite the extensive career and even just kind of a unique start into the strength and conditioning field. That's definitely something I feel like we don't see a lot of. Normally, you know, you start off in an unpaid position and not necessarily under somebody like Mike Boyle. So that's that's really cool. So it sounds like you did have though an internship experience. Was did you say that was at Holy Cross? Yep. And then I also did an internship with BU men's ice hockey, which is kind of cheating. It was under Boyle. Um, (laughs) I did an internship at LSU over the summer. So I guess you can explain a little bit about like what those experiences were like for you. Sure. Um, So I'll be honest, I think I was pretty lucky, Um, you know, walking into the internship at Holy Cross. It was my senior year. I had been a student athlete there. Um, I'd also worked at Boyles over the summer. So I was really lucky in that. Well, and back then um, they only had two strength coaches and it was a D1 institution. So they were busy. Um, so often there were overlapping teams. So coach Oliver was great in letting me jump in and lead warmups, you know, as he was finishing a team. So I was able to kind of jump in and help out, um, the internship. It was through Holy Cross and they only required, it was something like 80 hours or maybe even less. Like it was very small. Um, but I did more than that. Uh, but we didn't really focus much on education when I was there. It was more on let's just co-coach. Um, he did do, once he found out I got a GA position at Springfield, he started teaching me some uh, exercise science terminology because I was a bio major and I was going in and I was going to be a GA head strength coach of four teams. And he was like, well, you, the, these grad students, they're going to rip you apart for not knowing basic things like planes of motion. You know, so um, he started doing a little bit more informally on the side. Um, at BU again, I was really lucky. I was with a couple other interns, um, but I had worked for Mike for a really long time. So again, he was pretty good about giving me autonomy and letting me kind of step up and, um, do a little bit more here and there, but it was, it was different, right? Because I kind of fell into the, like, what is my role? What should I be doing? Is it okay to do this or should I do this? Because in the past I had always been a paid employee for him. And here now I was an intern. Um, and then I'd say LSU was my big challenge. Um, it was a great experience. I was with Olympic sports, but they didn't have a lot going on. So I worked with men's and women's uh, basketball. And then I helped out with football when I wanted. I'll be honest, I did not take advantage of the opportunities that were given to me there with football. Um, I showed up, again, didn't know my role, wasn't quite sure what to do, was kind of shy about it. Um, so looking, one of my best friends went the year after me and she killed it there. Um, and I like prepped her a little bit, but like she went in and she's like, no, give me a group. Let's go. You know, where I was like, oh no, it's okay. Let me know if you need help. So I'd say LSU is one that I kind of look back to and coach Tommy Moffitt was awesome. Um, but I just, I I had trouble. I always kind of struggled with, because I had, you know, by then I had six or seven years of coaching under my belt. Um, Sometimes people in Springfield College are known as being a little bit arrogant in the field. Um, (laughs) You know, so I was so nervous about coming in too strong and overstepping that I found as an intern, I took too many steps backwards and didn't show what I could do because I was afraid of upsetting someone. Um, So I'd say for me, that was my biggest challenge as an intern was uh, finding that like boundary of where should I be? What should I be doing? Yeah, definitely. So knowing that, do you take pieces of those internships? Kind of like you just said, you realized something that you could have done better. And do you kind of warn your current interns about that kind of thing? Yeah. So we talk a lot and 
Um, you know, at Springfield, I oversee the GAs who oversee the interns, but I'm definitely involved with interns as well. But I talk to my GAs a lot about like, you need to be clear with your expectations. The worst thing you can say to an intern is just go coach, right? Because what the heck does just go coach mean, right? Like, oh, you know how to coach, just go coach out there. What does that mean? Does it mean I can make modifications to programs? Does it mean I can switch out and implement in an exercise? Can I remove an exercise if there's pain? Um, am I coach? Am I traveling the whole floor? Am I giving global cues? Right? Just go coach tells nothing. So we talk a lot when we p- prepare, and we have a lot of interns. We usually have um, between eight and 10 grad students interning with us and between four and seven undergrads interning with us at a time. So we could be up to 17 uh, interns at, in one semester. Um, so we talk a lot about like, how do we set these interns up for success um, by making these really clear expectations of like, today your goal is to make these front planks look amazing. Here's some sample cues, right? So being very specific about what we want them to do. Um, I also talk to the interns about if they see something and they're like, hmm, I noticed that so-and-so struggled with this exercise and I couldn't decide if I should modify it or not. So I tell them, you know, the first time you see it after the workout, go up to the coach and say, I noticed that so-and-so was struggling with this. My thought was to have them do this. Next time, do you want me to say that or do you want me to send the athlete to you? Right. So that way the interns are able to show the knowledge that they have, show what they would have done, and then get permission to go ahead and take that step and do it next time. So again, it's just lots of communication and then lots of discussions and lots of check-ins to make sure that you're meeting the expectations um, or that the expectations are clear between coach and intern. Yeah, that makes sense. And with your selection process for I guess, hiring or interviewing or filling these positions, what does that look like? Yeah. So for our grad students, they all have to take an internship with us. Um, So if they're in the graduate program, they're doing an internship with us. For our undergrads, we can be more selective here. So um, generally our undergrads, generally they come from Springfield College. They can come from outside. Um, And what we're really looking for is people that are really devoted to the field, right? And that seems pretty broad, right? But it is like, we want someone who is really focused on getting better and who's going to really engage in the internship. So that is our, our primary thing. Um, we have them, you know, send a resume and cover letter, but then we meet one-on-one with each of them. If they're a Springfield college student, they'll meet in the office with us. If they're outside, maybe we'll do zoom, but we'll try to get them on campus if they're locally. Um, but we've had some international students come in and intern with us. So obviously that would be on zoom. Um, but again, looking for how devoted they are to the field, how focused they are, how they're able to vocalize their passion for the field. Um, And that's just kind of what we are all about is the more passionate people are about the field, the more energy they're going to bring, the more they're going to challenge those around them and the more we're going to all grow together. That's great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's good to have that type of culture within your program. When it comes to like some of the younger undergrad interns, obviously the athletes that they're coaching could potentially be some of their friends. So what does that look like? And have you come across any problems where you have to guide them in that way? Yeah. So the first thing I do is I I send an email where I ask them if there's any team that they shouldn't work with. And I give examples of reasons that they shouldn't work with them. 
um, a significant other on the on the team, a past significant other on the team, someone who they've had social issues with before, uh, a group of athletes that they socialize with frequently outside. Um, and I say, I won't ask any questions. Just tell me what sports should be a no for you. Right. Um, so that way, again, it, I, I don't put them on the spot, but I can get a like, hey, no no swimming and diving for me. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And again, I don't ask why, you know, so that helps of kind of weaning out anyone that they shouldn't be with at all. Um, after that, it's tough. Uh, we do have all the athletes call all the interns coach so-and-so in the weight room. Um, we find that just helps just make that expectation clear that when they're in here, they're not your friend, they're your coach. Um, which helps, um, we also, I try to have a very open door, you know, so I have, I did have one, uh, past intern who did not, you know, mention a specific team. She thought that she would be fine with them. And then, um, there was some girl drama and it wasn't fine. Um, so she came to me and she's like, this is happening. And, you know, I talked to other people about it. And at first it was like, well, she needs to learn to overcome this. So we're going to keep her in there. And then we were like, wait a minute this situation will never exist again. So she doesn't need to overcome it. We just need to switch her and get into a better learning experience. Um, so we're also pretty fluid as needed to make sure, again, that the goal is learning. So how do we set them up best for learning? Um, but we're also, we're pretty, again, our, like my GAs, they know, like give them feedback right away if they see a behavior they don't like. So if they're too buddy-buddy and it's distracting um, from the coaching, you know, they'll step in and say something right away. Yeah, definitely a process that you have to navigate, but also like the most important thing is just creating a proper learning environment for them. What are some things that you look for in these candidates? I know you mentioned that the GAs are interns, but as you're selecting other interns, what are some some things that you look for in these candidates? For the internships? Yep. Yeah. Again, it's just all that passion for the field. Um, you know, once they're with us, so if we're able to get them in and observe them coach at all, um, we're looking for people who are strong at building rapport. Um, you know, I think that's sometimes we forget about how important that is in our field. So seeing that they're able to build rapport and have conversations is really important. Um, do they have to already have all the content knowledge? No. Um, we can teach them that stuff, but it's harder to change personalities, right? So looking for people who are outgoing and excited and able to hold like decent conversations are really important to us. And how long would you say the internship program is? Like, is there a, a structured uh, time that they're there? Sure. So, um, you know, both most of ours are semester long, so they're 15 weeks. Um, we don't... We have hours, right? So uh, we have a 400-hour internship. We have a 100-hour internship. And we do have our, our students track their hours. But just because you hit 100 hours doesn't mean you're done, right? It's more about completing that whole duration. Um, we are an accredited program through CASCI, and CASCI requires at least 10 weeks of an internship. So I know when we send our students off-site to internships, that's like a, a mark that we're trying to look for is that 10-week mark. Um, but we always tell our students and anyone who interns with us, the more, so if they're only doing a hundred hour internship, you know, if over 15 weeks, that's not a lot of hours per week. Right. And the more engaged you are, the more you're going to learn. Right. So the more engagement they have, the better. Um, when I did my dissertation, I observed two students at internships and one of them was a student athlete. 
and they were traveling offsite to another institution and she had a lot more barriers in time. Um, her schedule also changed during spring ball where the other student, he had less barriers in time. He was able to go there more and he was able to keep a consistent schedule. And what I saw over time was his, um, coaching his role within the staff increased substantially because he was working under the same coaches with the same teams, um, and multiple times per week where, um, so by the end he was leading sessions. He really looked like part of the group. He was breaking them down. Like he was all in right where her, her schedule, she might be with a team only once a week. And then it changed depending on her, um, sports schedule. And then, um, she was with a different coach with a different team. And what I noticed is she really got kind of stuck in that like new intern role the entire time. So that's a big thing for us too, is, you know, yes, it's duration, but consistency with team and supervisors, we want exposure to multiple supervisors for sure, but you're not going to get a lot of opportunities to, um, have autonomy if you're with new coaches all the time, because they're not going to trust you. Right. So trying to make sure that they're engaged with similar teams and similar coaches often enough with exposures to other teams is really important to us, again, so that they can build trust with the coach, build rapport with the athletes and then step into a better uh, or not a better, uh, more impactful role within the coaching environment. Yeah, definitely. Engagement is obviously really important. That kind of helps set the scene for like the future. And that's what you'll obviously see in your actual career as a strength and conditioning coach. So what are, so once a intern enters the program, what are some like fundamentals that you teach right away? Sure. So um, I'll give a little backstory. When I first went and when my husband and I switched from, uh, I was in collegiate, he was in professional and we switched to private sector. We took over the internship program at Research Potential Training and we created this entire like amazing curriculum and we were really excited about it. Um, and then about three weeks in, Coach Bobby Smith was like, hey, those meetings seem really great, but our interns can't coach. And what we were doing, I mean, we were teaching them about needs analysis and annual plans and program writing, which was all really important content, but we weren't teaching them how to coach, which is what the internship's all about, right? So now, and this is my recommendation to internship sites, this is what we really focus on is how do we make them good coaches first, right? So that's little things like um, common cues to use for different exercises. It's as simple as where to stand to observe certain exercises. Um, when you demo what coaching angle to provide, um, how many cues to give, how long to talk for a cue, how quickly to move from one spot to another. Um, so we really focus in on coaching behaviors as our number one, um, because if they can't, coach and they're not having success coaching, they're not going to learn from the experience. They might learn how to write a great program if we focus our curriculum on program writing, but that doesn't make you a good coach, right? Um, so that's like our number one thing that we focus on is how do we make them successful coaches? Um, so again, you know, what cues to use, exercise technique, how to demo, um, how to interact with the athletes. Like those are the things we're really focusing on right away. Yeah, definitely. What are some of the skills either later on or even at the beginning of the internship that you try and develop? Like, I know you just mentioned a few, um, but are there any other skills that you can think of? Yeah. So for us, we really start with um, the internship might start with, I don't think we ever start with someone totally just observing unless they're really new to the field. We do try to cater it a little bit to their past experience. 
Um, but we might start with just having them focus on one exercise at a time, right? Because it can get really overwhelming with all these exercises going on with all these athletes at once and kind of managing that crowd. So we focus on, can you coach one exercise and only one exercise effectively? And then once you're able to do that, we'll switch you to, all right, instead of, you know, you're watching our A3 exercise, now you're watching A1, A2, and A3, but you're watching this area, this, you know, third of the weight room while other people are covering the other two thirds. So then we work on them, you know, being able to watch multiple exercises at once and pick out which exercise to focus on the most based off, you know, how the training session is going. Um, then we progress them after that into leading a warm up. Uh, make sure that they're able to project their voice. They're demoing with proper angles. So um, if I'm teaching someone to sit back on a squat, if we're doing a squat in the warm up, um, I want to demo from the side. So things like that, using proper coaching cues, stuff like that. Um, so we'll do a warm up next. After we do a warm up, then we'll have them teach or explain a training card. So they'll tra- explain just a block, um, and then we progress that to tra- uh, explaining the entire card. Um, and then we might shift them then into being the lead coach. So that's the coach who's really, you know, kind of running the clock, running, you know, bringing people in when they need to be brought in, doing a lot more of those global cues. Um, so that's like a big part for us is we're not really believers in throwing people in the fire. Um, if you throw them into the fire and they fail, they feel unsuccessful, right? Which if you feel unsuccessful, you're going to be scared to try again, right? So your motivation is going to be down. Um, your confidence is going to be down. You're going to coach worse. So we, a big part for us is figuring out little things to have them work on that they can build up over time. Um, there's another thing we've been doing with our grad students is there's a weekly form that I send out to each of the intern supervisors and you scale, you kind of like rank, you grade the intern from a one to a five on, let me see if I can remember them off the top of my head, uh, rapport building, uh, demoing exercises, um, coaching or cor- correcting and critiquing exercises, uh, one, two, three, there's five fit within the team or fit within the staff, uh, takes initiative to set up, clean up and ask questions. I think there's one other. Um, but so what our, our interns get is they kind of get like a report card from every single week that shows, okay, I got a, a two on these three things and a one on this one. So how do I work on that one to bring it up to a two? And then the goal by the end of the internship is to get as close to a five on all these important factors um, as possible. And we started doing that because we used to just evaluate them at the middle of the internship and at the end. Um, and of course, every day after we finished a session, we'd bring in, bring them in and debrief. But what I found is if you're coaching a, a team of, let's say you're coaching men, men's across and you have 45 athletes in there, right? And you have three interns, which is probably a pretty big staff, right? But you're so busy as a coach coaching that sometimes you only notice if something goes wrong with one of the other coaches, right? Or you might not see it enough. Or when you bring them in, you're so exhausted from the session that they say, how thing you they say, coach, how'd I how'd I do today? And you're like, um, great, right? Because you don't have enough specifics. So by doing this weekly report, it has them be like, ooh, yeah, I did see them do a good job with rapport. Ooh, you know, when they demoed this exercise, it wasn't so great. Um, so it provides the intern with that feedback on these, again, specific skills that we want them to work on um, so that they can see that growth throughout the semester. Yeah, that's all really good stuff. And as you know, you're 
develop, developing them as interns. You obviously mentioned a lot of activities that you use to help with the coaching side of things. Do you have any activities that you do to help with actual like writing programs? Sure. So um, we do. So they they write a, a full year program, so a fifty two week program, and that's the final assignment for the internship on campus. Um, but it's broken up into pieces. So we meet once a week for about an hour. Um, and we'll spend the first like 20 or so minutes talking about anything that's come up that week. Um, and then we send the last 40 minutes kind of on this educational piece. Um, so we start off with the needs analysis and then an annual plan. And then what I do is it's called an exercise progression sheet where basically they say, this is my phase one exercise. This is my phase two. This is my phase three. This is my phase four. And they progress it out until whenever they're peaking and then they start over for whenever they're peaking. So usually there'll be like two or three cycles um, within the year. Um, so they'll do that and then they create their training card and then they plug it all into their training card. Um, so that by the end, again, it's a full year program, speed and agility, warm-ups, conditioning, the whole shebang. Um, so that's a goal by the end. And we kind of, we slow cook it, uh, before something is due the week before something's due, they bring in their rough draft and we debrief as a group and they share with a partner and give each other feedback. And then the next week it's due. And then the next week is a rough draft of the next piece. And then the next week it's due. So that way there's a lot of time to ask questions. Um, it's kind of almost like a working time. Um, sometimes I'll go up there and I'll, you know, teach more and I'll be like, all right, what do we need to know about in-season training? Like, what are, what are things we shouldn't do? What are things we should do? You know, and we'll go in and we'll talk about all that and break it down and then they'll go back and apply it. Um, the second big assignment we do, and this is not programming, but I still want to talk about it is I have them keep a reflective journal every single week. And that's a big assignment for this uh, group as well. So every week they write, what was their role this week? So I worked with men's soccer and I collected GPS data. I worked with women's soccer and I explained a block. Um, then they say what went well, and then they say what their room for growth is. And then they say action steps for that growth. So let's say room for growth was, um, I found that I struggled in going and making corrections because I felt like I didn't know the team very well. Then action steps would be to go out in the hallway and introduce yourself before and learn five names or something like that. Um, so that reflective journal is shared with me on the Google Drive so that I go in and then I provide them feedback on whatever they say. So maybe there was a room for growth. And then I say, oh, you know, another thing that could help with that is this. Or maybe if I got to observe them that week and they talk about something they did well, I can pipe in and be like, yeah, I saw that. I loved how you did this. So it's a way for me to feel really connected with them. It doesn't have to be great writing on their side. I tell them it's like dear diary writing. Um, and then based off that, I'm able to lead that first 20 minute discussion. Um, which is part of the class, you know, because if I see a lot of people struggling with the same thing, then we can bring it up. Um, so I'd say that's the two big pieces is that reflective journal, which is part of the the one hour meeting per week. And then the slow drip of the programming that ends up being a full year program. So obviously there's a lot of content, but also activities and practical experience that you're giving these interns so that's like kind of a lot that goes into a curriculum. Do you have any advice for somebody who's interested in starting an internship program or revamping their current one? Yeah. So for curriculum, I think, again, 
coaching is, I don't want to say coaching is more important than content um, because content's important, but I think so many of us, we get so focused on program writing and, you know, content knowledge, right? And we forget about like, well, if you can write great programs, but you can't coach, it really doesn't matter. Um, So I would say the big thing I recommend to people is really focus on how you're going to set up a system to create or to provide feedback to your interns and then help come up with a system of having them come up with action steps that they're going to do to get better at that and then be able to give them feedback on that action step. So I would say, don't forget about the content. I think the content's great. I know we have 24 of our uh, graduate students and many more undergrads are out at internships right now. And I always can't wait to come, have them come back and tell me about what they learned. Right. But if they didn't become a better coach, if their coaching skills aren't better, then we kind of miss something, right? And depending on where they do an internship, their role coaching might be pretty minimal. It really depends. Um, so just figure out how am I going to give them feedback? If you get halfway through your internship and you're like, yeah, I can't let them do that. They're just not good enough yet, right? Well, why aren't they good enough? Like, are you really providing them the feedback and the skills necessary to get better so that you're able to give them more responsibilities? Or did we just accept that that person's not a good coach? And then we just focus on content. So um, that would be my big advice to people is really reflect back on how well are you doing with giving feedback and talking about coaching behaviors and helping with action steps. I think that's a big one. If I just keep getting told I'm not loud enough, um, you know, how does that help? So we had two of our international students who were really struggling projecting their voice. And one of our GAs, shout out to Brian Sutton, decided to... Um, I don't know why he brought them outside in the rain and they all had umbrellas and they stood in the football field and um, he was at the 10 yard line. They were at the in the end zone and he had them yell to him. And then if he could hear them, he stepped back 10 yards right to get them so that he could hear them from the other side of the football field. Then they came inside and he cranked the music up. There was a whole bunch of teams in the weight room and he made them stand on the other side of the weight room and yell to him. Right. Which for them, like culturally, that was really hard because they look kind of ridiculous because they weren't coaching anybody. They were just yelling across a wheat room. Right. Um, but these like thinking, you can't just say you need to be louder. Well, how do we help them get louder? You know, and this was Brian's creativity. Um, but it was just brilliant of like, you know, we can't just tell them to do something. We have to help them figure out how. And for them, some of it was overcoming that like cultural barrier of like it, them being the center of attention. They weren't used to that. But as a coach, sometimes that's what you have to do, right? So he had to help them get into a situation that was a little less comfortable for them, but he slowly worked them into it rather than, again, just throwing them in there. He helped them overcome that barrier. Um, so, you know, again, just as an intern supervisor thinking about like what, you know, other than the content, which again, the content is great. I think almost every place does a great job with content look back at how are we helping develop those skills and then how are we helping to kind of individualize and see what does this person need? Again, those reflective journals are amazing because the interns tend to be pretty honest. So if I know they're really struggling with something, if I observe them, I might not see it, but in their journal, they talk about why it's hard for them. And then I'm able to say, okay, so me just telling them, go do this, it's not helping because they're really struggling with this piece of it. So now I know how do I help them with this confidence or this, um, 
lack of knowledge or this, whatever it is, rather than just saying, why aren't you doing this? Well, in that journal, they're a little bit more honest. Um, So again, just looking for those barriers uh, versus just focusing on education. Yeah, practical experience is obviously extremely valuable and it definitely helps to prepare them for the real world and real jobs. Do you guys do any other types of things, whether that's like helping with resume building or cover letters to help them as they find jobs? Sure. So I'll be honest, we actually don't have that as part of our internship program only because that's part of our curriculum somewhere else. Um, and because of most of our interns are in-house. Um, but yeah, if I was um, working or my husband and I, we run a business uh, called TF Performance, right? And we have interns there as well. We have shoot five interns this summer, which is a lot. Um But yes, some of them are juniors and they're going back to college. Two are entering our graduate program, but we have two who are leaving and going on. Um, One already has a job. So we're like, okay, what is your gap that you need to get better at? His gap is he wants to get better at managing a staff um, because he's never overseen interns before. So like, sweet, you're our head intern. You know what I mean? So it's not as much for him. It's not helping him get a job, but it's thinking, what's that gap that you need to get better at? Um, We have another coach who she just finished our graduate program too, and she's really interested in getting into high school. Um, So with her, yeah, it's cover letters, it's resumes, it's who do we know that might have a job? Um, Who do we know that might not have a job, but they might know someone who has a job? So a big part of my husband, Adam, and I, our role is with our interns or with our students is outreach to people in the field and just kind of checking in, Hey, do you have anything come? Do you have anything opening up or do you know of a good position or we see a position posted? Um, our past interns and our, our students, I say, if you apply to a job, send me a screenshot of who's on staff there because I can't keep track of where everybody is. Right. And then if I see that screenshot, I'm like, Ooh, I know so-and-so well now I can send it an email out because I don't know what the, I don't know what it looks like right now. I know when I was applying to jobs, you know, when I got the job at Iowa, 46 people applied for that job. Right. Um, I have the feeling it's even harder right now. Um, that's a big stack of resumes and it's really hard to stand out as a resume. Um, so as someone who has seen these people coach for me, it's about sending that email to help get that resume pushed up towards the top. Yeah, networking is obviously huge and just who you know is really helpful. Do you have any other advice as we wrap up just for coaches working with interns? Yeah, I think I would say really reflect on how you are as a supervisor. I think often we supervise the way that we were supervised, right? So really think back of about you know, do I do it this way because this is the best way to supervise and supervise and mentor interns? Or do I do it this way because that was done to me and therefore I think I'll make them tougher because I do this, right? I think sometimes there's still a little bit of that in the field of like, well, when I was an intern, I had to do such and such. Um, it doesn't mean that it helped you learn or grow, right? So really just reflect back on what that experience was like when you were an intern and what helped you and what didn't help. And then how can you apply that into what your program is? Uh, Make sure everything you're doing is purposeful. Um, And then create, you know, again, like I said, create a system for feedback and then, you know, have purposeful meetings that are more just to get to know your staff and your interns so that you have that rapport so they feel comfortable coming and asking you questions. Um, Whether it's, 
you know, we just had a cookout at our house for our summer staff for our private sector business, you know, just to get them more comfortable around us um, so that if they have a question or they are struggling with something, they feel comfortable coming and talking to us. Um, So that's just my big advice for everyone, you know, uh, make sure you create an environment where your internal interns feel comfortable coming and talking to you. Make sure you create systems for feedback and then focus on coaching first. Uh, content knowledge is great, but they're not going to learn a lot from you at their internship if they don't know how to coach because they're going to be on the co- field or in the weight room and they're going to be useless to you and they're going to know they're useless, right? So help them become useful so they feel better about themselves and they're able to grow and develop. You're less frustrated about them um, because now you're actually getting help from them. And then they'll be more comfortable and confident going into that content knowledge and growing and asking questions. Yeah, great insight. And just thank you for hopping on today and just sharing kind of what you've learned over the years. I know people listening are going to find a lot of use out of this. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I was happy to do it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you have any suggestions for guests that we should have on the Team Builder podcast, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email is grace at teambuilder.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.